Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. Scripture, 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. Uh, let's first say hi to everybody who's uh, listening that's not in the room right now. Hi everyone, we love you. You're awesome. Way to pour into yourself. Uh, that is incredible. Second uh, Kings chapter 18, verse 4. Oh, and also let me give just a uh, reminder uh, for us uh, as we're talking and um, for those of you who are listening that uh, it is imperative that we carry an attitude of leaders or learners with us. Um, leaders or learners. They, they, the moment you stop asking questions is the moment you stop growing. The moment you start trying to show everybody how much you know is the moment you put a lid on your own leadership. The moment you stop uh, trying, and, and, and just so you know, just because I have the microphone right now does not mean I know everything. In fact, um, the more and more that I go through life, the less and less I realize that, I've know, that I know and the more questions I need to ask. And every time that I've shown up to learn is the times that I have grown the most, the times that I've been blessed the most, the times that I have felt more um, ready for the future, is the more times I'm ready for questions. And you guys have all heard, or hopefully you've heard that adage of it, when, the, um, when, the student, uh, when the student is ready, the master will appear or the teacher will appear. So basically saying, when you're ready to learn, there will always be something there to learn. When you are ready to be open to grow, growth, you can grow. So uh, the only person who actually uh, can put a, a lid on you growing as a leader is you. Not your circumstance, not the different things that are going on in your world. It's, it's all of us that, that we, we actually are the ones that put the lid. Uh, and so that I, I just want to say that at the beginning. So the hungrier you are, even as we're talking right now, the hungrier you are to grow, uh, the faster you will grow, the, the faster that you will uh, be um, able to look at yourself and say, I used to be like that. Now I'm like this. And I love where I'm at now, but I'm excited about where I'm going to be in the future. Let's have that kind of expectation. As we jump in, this is uh, 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4, uh, in the New Living Translation. Um, he's talking about a king here who, um, so, so basically what's going on in, in, uh, in, in Judah, uh, in Judea right now, um, is uh, they had started to fall into the same trap that Israel had fallen into. And Israel had fallen into uh, a bunch of pagan worship, so much so that, um, they, that God actually said, you are doing worse things than the people that I had you drive out when you first came into this land. You're now doing worse things than they actually did. And, and so um, Israel was in captivity. Samaria was destroyed. Uh, that was the capital of Israel at the time. And so uh, Judea and Jerusalem was, uh, you know, they, they were worshiping the Lord. Not perfectly, but because they still had shrines and different things that were set up. And then they started going even more to worshiping pagan idols and, and different things until uh, some kings started coming into uh uh, this um, 
the secession of kings started coming in and saying, listen, this is not, we're not going to worship these other idols. We're not going to worship all, we're going to worship the one true God, that's the Lord, Yahweh, that's who we're going to worship. And so I'm going to destroy all of these pagan places and things. We're not going to even keep them up because some kings would worship God, but they'd still keep the uh, pagan places up. So they would let their people worship kind of like blind eye. We're going to worship the Lord, but I'll just, you know, I'm not going to, you know. But this king was like, no, I'm tearing everything down. The only God we worship is the Lord, the, the one true God. So he removed, uh, in verse 4, the pagan shrines, smashed the sacred pillars, cut down the Asherah poles. That was a really important thing. The Asherah poles, the god Asherah uh, was a god that... Um, uh, people would would give child sacrifices to. And so I just want to let you know, like, the, this was not like worshiping a car or something. Like, we had the children of Israel giving human sacrifices to, to gods of wood and stone. This is how bad it was. I just want to get you into the mindset here of this is how grieved God's heart was. I, I rescued you, and you're killing your babies. For, for something that, that's, that's wood and stone. And, and so, like, the king is, we're getting rid of this. We are getting rid of this. Um, so this is, I'm giving you all context to then this next part. And then he broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had been offering sacrifices to it. And the bronze serpent was called Nay Hushtan, uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, so let me back up just a little bit, give a little bit of history to the serpent. Um, if you didn't know this story, there's a moment where Israel, uh, when they were all together, were in uh, the desert, and they had grumbled and complained against God, and God was sick of it. Um, and he was like, all right, fine. You hate it so much. Let me send serpents out from the desert, and they're going to bite you, and you're going to die. And then you can tell me how good or bad you have. I mean, God was just done with these people. So all these serpents come out. They start biting. People are dying. And then they cried out to God, God, save us. And God, of course, in his mercy and grace, of course I'll save you. And he had Moses uh, fashion this huge, huge pole that had a serpent uh, around it. And, um, and anybody who looked on it would be healed. And so it was a shadow of who Jesus was going to be. It was a shadow of what was going to come when anybody who looked to the Son of God was going to be changed forever. And it was, there, there's a lot of symbolism there. Anyway, um, they had kept this serpent the whole time. You hear nothing from it except right here. And this is what you hear from it. The people of Israel have been offering sacrifices to it. And so what I started to think about this was something that was used in the past for healing had become an idol to them. Something in the past that was good had now become terrible. 
they were giving sacrifices to this thing that held no power now. So what are you sacrificing to your past that is stopping you from walking into your future? What things do you constantly give to your past that you should be giving for your future? And in fact, what, when I started looking at this, I started seeing a very clear picture of how many times do we make the method more important than the maker? And we start sacrificing to the method, and we start worshiping the method instead of the maker. We start worshiping uh, how God did something instead of God himself. This is how people start loving songs in worship way more than the person that we're singing to. Oh, if we could just sing this hymn. If we could just sing this new song that just came out, if we could just sing this old thing, this is how God really, no, no, those are all methods. That is not who God is. But you start making a method a part of your worship instead of the maker. What you start doing is you start giving too much power, or actually you give all this power to an idol instead of who God is. And you start turning good things into idols. Worship songs are good but they're not meant to get our worship. Worship songs are great, but they're, they can become idols This is or, or systems inside of a church. Oh, we used to do, this is how people, man, I, I saw how God did this and this, and we used to do this kind of thing, and we used to do this kind of thing, and we used to do, and they will die on the hill of a system and a method because they have turned a method into an idol, and that's why change can be so hard for so many people because they're worshiping something they should never be worshiping. This was a, a serpent that was used at one time to give healing to God's people, it was never meant to be sacrificed to. And so we never can sacrifice more to method than the maker. And there's always something new in front of what God wants to do. But when you get hung up on something that happened 10, 15 years ago, and you can't pass by it, and you can't move past it, what that means is you've started putting too much into the past. You've started putting too much into what has happened in the past. This is why some businesses stop growing because they start, uh, they, they start looking at the success they had in the past, not realizing that, yeah, that was good back then, but that is that now. This is why you don't hear about Kodak as much anymore because they thought they were a, a film developing company. And they were, hey, this is always going to be, we're always going to have this. And no one looked to the future to say, oh, look at this digital stuff that's starting to come out. I mean, how many people are you here right now like, oh, I just got to run to get my film, film developed? Only, only cool hipsters, you know? <laughs> like, that's it. Like, past that. You know, you don't have moms running back, you know, and like, I can't wait to get my, you know, film developed, and I got some great shots of my kid. Um, it's because somebody got too married to the past. 
and it can stop you. This, this is why success can sometimes be a poison to you. Because you start getting married to success instead of what actually made the success happen. This happens in our relationship with God when we start, well, God, man, God spoke to me at summer camp. I hear these, this happens to kids all the time. I just need to get to summer camp. I just need it because God spoke to me at summer camp. And God did that. And then all of a sudden it's become now an event that you worship instead of the God that actually spoke to you. And it, and it becomes always more, uh, we have to be so so on guard of making the method more important than the maker. And know that God will send a leader who will destroy the old methods so that the worship of the maker can happen. Don't get mad at the leader who's messing with your stuff, who's moving the things that you love so much. Because maybe he might be moving something or she might be moving something that you have held in too high esteem. Man, if we can just, I mean, I, I tell you, I, there, there are moments in, um, in the, the, the 40s and the 50s and the 60s uh, that were incredible revival moments in our, uh, in, in our nation uh, because there was uh, people that would get up and they would, they would uh, especially in the summer, they would have these large tents and everybody would come from all different churches and all come and they'd have, and they'd call it a tent meeting. And then somebody would get up and start preaching and man, people would get saved and it would just be incredible and awesome. And there are some people that are older that are like, if we can just get a tent meeting going again. What, what, are you saying that there's something special about a tent or a thing? No, it was God, that's what God used at that moment because it was this unifying thing and it was just something new and great and awesome, but that doesn't mean that God only moves in tents. You know, it might be now the new tent thing is for us making sure that everybody who's watching online is really connecting right now. That might be the new tent meeting right now. But because we're so back, way back, and oh, God did this, and we're worshiping this method, we completely miss the new that God is trying to do. And this can happen in every one of our lives if we're not careful that we're consistently worshiping who God is instead of what he has used. Like, like our method in church right now, this is awesome. How we do church, I love it. It's great. It's awesome. Guess what? Could change next month. Could change in three months. Could change next year. In fact, I'm praying it does. I'm praying that we keep, we keep understanding that God is always looking to change and move and move forward and not stay in one place. This is what happened. Listen, as a leader, you have to be like this. Otherwise, God will just move you out of the way and put somebody else. And, and you don't have to look any further than Moses. 
because Moses at one point was leading Israelites and they didn't have any water. God said, I want you to hit the rock and water come out and that's going to be this huge miracle for the Israelites. The next time they were whining about water again and God said, now I don't want you to hit the rock. I want you to speak to the rock and water will come out. And guess what Moses did? He went, he was so upset, he hit the rock twice. Did water come out? Absolutely water came out. But after that moment, God said, because you didn't listen to me and because you didn't listen to what I wanted you to do, I'm now removing you. You're not going to be able to go to the promised land like I promised you. You're going to have to stay on the sidelines. That's going to be over. And Joshua is going to be the one that's going to lead. So I'm telling you, as a leader, it is imperative that you don't get stuck in method method ways of doing things and always are, God, how are you doing it this week? How are you moving this week? How are you moving this day? This is why it's imperative. If you want to be a leader, you have to hear the voice of God. You have to understand. If you're in a business situation where you're leading your business or you're doing different things in your business, you have to hear the voice of God because there might be some new things that that he wants to do in your business that you're not doing because you're stuck in, well, we won last month doing it like this. And God said, yeah, I want you to change it to this. And I'm not saying to be flaky about it. I'm just saying don't get stuck in what God did in the past that you are actually sacrificing your future. Because God will bring those leaders into our place. I, I, you know, I, I think this, was, this, this serpent was such a sign of healing, but now it's, it's poison. Like, how, how, how hard is that? The thing that God used is now poison to all of Israel because they're worshiping something that's never meant to be worshiped, deserved worship. It's all about a method. It's why it's so important for us as leaders for our church to make sure our church doesn't get wrapped up in the method. Oh, we always had worship like this. Oh, we always had connect groups like this. Oh, we always did... Uh, uh, we, we always did grow track like this, and we always did the, oh, please stop. That's just a trap, because you start following, falling in love with methods, and you forget that God is always changing the way he's trying to reach his people. And if that wasn't the case, then you, you, you could go through the Bible and see how God always changed. God, he, he was never changing in his love. He never changes in his mercy. He never changes in his grace. He never changes in all of those things. But he's always changing in the method of how he always is reaching his people. It's always changing. It's always, it's always uh, just, it, it, and, and it's constantly uh, something that, uh, that requires us to stay in front of who God is. So we can, we can always say, okay, I'll just follow wherever you go, I'll follow the last thing I was um, thinking about this is uh, I really think the, the, big, the, the biggest problem with this is we are, we are more faithful to the past because we have no faith for the future. I've found that a lot of people are more faithful 
to what has happened in the past because they actually have no faith for what God can do in the future. And so they're, they're holding on to, well, God did it back then. I'm sure if we just got it just right the way we used to do it way back then, that he'll do it again. Instead of having faith for the future and saying, that was awesome. There's nothing wrong with celebrating something in the past and saying, that was awesome. Look what God did. Wow. Awesome. But, man, that spurs me on to have so much more faith for what could God do and what can God do. And have way more faith for the future. And I'll tell you, for me, I'm way, I'm way more inspired by people who have faith for the future than who always want to just tell good old war stories of the past. And I'm all for a good story of what God done in the past. I'm down with that. I like that. Let's, let, hey, let's sit down. Let's talk about what God has done. I think that's important to help you remember where you've come from, you know, and all of those things. I, I think those are incredible things. I don't think you have to lose that. But I think if that's the only time you're talking about God moving in your life, something's wrong. Because God's always doing new stuff. And so if it's, it's always, well, God did back, that immediately tells me I, I I think, or if I'm starting to do that, then I would say to myself, I think I might be worshiping something that's more of a method instead of worshiping who God is. And so um, hopefully that uh, helps all of us. Let me pray, and then we'll, we'll be done. Father, thank you so much. Help us, God, to, to see what you're doing right now and to be seeing what you're doing in the future. God, help us to have more faith for uh, all of those different things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.